Word. Ah, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> Did I surprise you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, scared. Scared oh. nerd. <laughs> scared nerd. I'm Ryan. I'm Beast. And this is Word of Thrones. This is our Game of Thrones companion series. Uh, this is for the season finale of episode seven, or excuse me, season seven, episode seven. El finale de Game de Thrones. And yeah, this is the dragon and the wolf. The D and the W. The D-dubs. Old D-dubs. <laughs> Wasn't that Arthur's sister in the show Arthur and Friends? You know, the <sighs> anteater? Arthur. Oh, that Arthur. Yeah, <laughs> so the children's show. <laughs> I think his daughter or his sister was D.W. I don't remember that at all. I'm 95% on that. I mostly know Arthur from memes. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's got a lot to do with uh, Game of Thrones here. Yeah, uh, so this was the longest episode ever, I think, coming in at about 80 minutes. Was it ever? So this season had the longest episode and the shortest. They're all over the map. Literally and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is probably going to be uh, a little bit longer podcast. We'll see. Uh, but I mean, we do well enough on the regular-sized episodes. Yeah, so. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about here. Sure. But we'll see. Uh, before we jump into the episode itself, I do want to remind all you lords and ladies that we're on Twitter at WordNerd. We're on Instagram at WordNerdPodcast. Uh, we also have a Facebook page going at facebook.com slash wordnerd. So go there, like it, follow us, chit-chat it up, y'all. Write to us. Why won't you write to us? <laughs> write. I want to read you on air. Send us a raven. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Theories, thoughts, contributions. Let's hear it. All right. So uh, jumping into it here, first scene opens up on Grey Worm. Standing in front of King's Landing with the rest of the Unsullied, looking tough. Yeah, so, I mean, the the last we saw of our heroes, they're getting in a boat on their way to King's Landing. So, I guess, mm-hmm. between episodes here, we're just jumping right into it. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the meeting for the proof to maybe form some sort of alliance. And then up on top of the rampart, that's what you call that, right? Sure. Um, you We get to see Jamie and Braun. Having a little convo together. Yeah, and uh, to uh, you know, bring back a point that you'd made in an earlier episode is like, why is Braun still sticking around? Yeah, he said he was out of there, but I mean, he's got. So now we've like, like you said, Jamie and Braun are on the ramparts, and you know they're looking out, and they all they see is just this gigantic uh, unsullied army. Yeah, and then uh, Dothraki horde coming over the crest of the hill with their horses. And so yep. it just kind of still begs the question, what is Bronn still sticking around for? Uh, he he sounded like he was out already with just with dragons and now. I think he cares a little more than he would like to admit. Well, I was wondering if like he kind of likes his role as intermediary, intermediary or something like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, maybe he thinks he can do some good that way or something. Yeah. But he would never be one to admit that that's why he's there. Also, I think he's too much of a fan favorite to just like have him right off into the sunset yeah. or something. Yeah, see you later. I mean, then it would just, I guess, create all kinds of uh, speculation. What, what's Bronn doing? Where's Bronn? So Bronn tells Jamie that basically everything boils down to cock. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why Why are we fighting? He's like, for gold? And it's like, oh, we spend our gold on is getting it wet. So getting it in a tight fit. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like Jamie almost kind of like, was like, okay, yeah, actually you're right. 
Well, I think he's still like uh, Braun is uh, kind of reinforcing the idea of like why, you know, kind of like we're saying, but it's like, what? why are we fighting? What's going on here? Right. What's it all going to come down to? Well, and then Braun says something too, like, I think we're about to be the ones that are going to become downtrodden yeah. when the Dothraki horde rides in. And I think this is something, you know, we'll talk about it all, but this is something I think that kind of sticks with Jamie, like as we see him throughout the rest of the episode here. Yeah. I feel like this has kind of been a slow climb for Jamie, like maybe even through the whole series. Like, like we start with him pushing Bran out the window and slowly he kind of, especially after he got his hand cut off, I feel like he started to like become a more um, noble, honorable type person. Well, I mean, he started as the Kingslayer, and actually, sure. it's kind of funny that no one calls him Kingslayer anymore. Because like he had one conversation with Brienne about it, and you know, she calls him Sir Jamie at the end of that episode or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But the, the rest of the country or world or what what have you still would just refer to him as Kingslayer, right? So that's kind of funny. Anyways, um, then we jump to uh, aboard the Super Friends boat, right? The Targaryen craft. John and Tyrion are having a little conversation. We're coming up on King's Landing, and yep, I think we we discussed, but I think uh, this is like John's first time seeing King's Landing. I think so too. Yeah. Well, and he he says something like, "How many people live there?" And Tyrion's like a million. And yeah. He's like, "Man, that's all the people in the north jammed into that little area. Why would anybody want to live here?" Well, now I'm thinking about it. I think this is the first time uh, John's gone south. Or, like, you know, has really left the north because probably I mean, he went from Winterfell to the wall to farther north than the wall. Right. And then, you know, hasn't come back much further south than that. And knowing what we know now about John and his parents and who they are and stuff and what Ned was doing by protecting him, he probably wouldn't have ever let John go south. Yeah. I mean, there's too many people there that remember the name Targaryen and, yeah. you know, who knows what gets let slipped or. What could befall John if the wrong person learns the wrong thing? Also, on the boat, Hound walks underneath... Um, below decks. Below decks, and he kind of, like, kicks the box that the zombie's in just to make sure there's still a zombie in there, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like it's uh, p- the box is possessed. Yeah, but and the thing starts shaking all around and screaming. Yeah. And uh, the town's just like, yeah, good. What? <laughs> it sucks that it falls to him, I guess. They should send Theon down there, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad idea. Um, and then we jump to King's Landing, where Cersei is also getting ready for this big meeting. She's got Kyburn in the room. She's got the mountain in the room. And she's instructing them on who to kill first if things go bad. Yeah, and uh, I mean, this is already we kind of see, like we were talking about, we see Jamie again just kind of looking horrified in just like the yeah. casual manner that she's like listing the order that she would like to see the mountain, you know, execute people. Yeah. And mostly children too. I mean, they're not, I guess, children, but they're pretty young. Right. Well, I mean, cause what she says, she says the silver haired bitch. So that's Daenerys. Yeah. Uh, then John. Yeah. And then Tyrion. Yeah. And then the rest as you see fit. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Then, uh, we, there's a lot of quick cuts in here cause there's a lot going on. Um, but then we see the super friends again. That's just what I'm referring to. <laughs> John, Davos, Danny, that whole group. Yeah. Uh, except Danny's not here yet, I guess. Tyrion's with them. They're walking down a road, followed by their army. 
and then they meet Bronn coming from the opposite direction with the Lannister army. Yeah, you know, everyone's kind of arriving in their own fashion, and, you know, the I think both uh, Regal figures, uh, Cersei yep. and Daenerys, are kind of showing their hand, like, you know, Cersei's sending a guard out, an escort to bring right. them. You know, they're going to end up in the dragon pit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Daenerys, uh, we'll talk about in a second, but... um. Yeah, um, the one thing I noticed with uh, Braun and the guard escort, you know, meeting super friends, as you're calling them, uh, <laughs> is that Brienne is uh, with them, with Braun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she has kind of like a little stare off with the hound. And then I think they're talking after this. Yeah, so. they there's kind of a few conversations in here where they all split off into different groups because it's been a long time since they've all seen each other. And I was wondering, like, if John knew Brienne, the last he knew Brienne was in Winterfell with his sister, Sansa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like we said, he knows that Brienne and Arya are there now. And yet, you'd think you'd almost, you'd think he would pull her aside and be like, you know, how are things going right. with all my people that I've left behind? Sure. And, uh, you know, he, I, we don't see any interaction between the two of them. So, I yeah. just find it kind of, he's never, like, you know, I, I say later, like, you know, he, he sends a raven eventually. Um, and that's about, you know, yeah. and he's just giving them news. He never like, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird leader. Yeah. Well, we've talked about this a few times that like episode five was that when John was like, I have to go home. And then he never did. So he like, they're like writing his character to make him seem like he cares about his family and everything. But yeah. then he doesn't actually like do anything to like back that up. It doesn't seem like anyways, at least not that we get to see. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole you know, kind of crux of it is that who knows what's happening in between when we see, right. you know, certain people in certain places. So I guess or, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Or even how much time is passing. Yeah. But, I mean, they kind of, like, just set up this, like, text message system with the Ravens. It's just, like, yeah. super fast and easy to send messages yeah. when convenient for the story, I guess. Yeah. So it just always seems like why, are, you know, a good leader would be, like, in constant communication, you know. Not maybe, you know, taking time to, you know, it's like the president. He can't take time off to, well, if we had a good one, but he couldn't take time <laughs> off to like, uh, you know, if a communication needs to be sent, you know, you got to make it right then and there. That's right. kind of just what I'm thinking. Anyways. I also like to, in this scene, when Tyrion and Bronn start talking again, because they haven't yeah. seen each other since, of course, since Tyrion escaped the capital. And um, he tells, like he told him. As soon as he met Braun, whatever they're paying you, I'll pay you double. Because that's what he told him long time like, ago when they first met. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. If he said oh, like, yeah. and remember, if anybody ever pays you to kill me, yeah. just remember, I'll whatever double. they're paying you, I'll pay you double. And in this time, he says, my offer still stands. Yeah. So I don't know if I like, I kind of caught it the first time, but yeah, the second time around, like, oh, okay, that's. I remembered better that, you know, that had already kind of taken place. And this goes back a little bit to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago with Braun and like him saying that, you know, dragons are part of this. I'm, I'm not anymore. Yeah. Um, Tyrion just offered to pay him twice as much as he's making to be on the other side. That seems like something Braun would be interested in, but he must have some sort of loyalty to the Lannisters for some reason he feels. Or he, they have been just paying him this whole time and he has. Yeah. He finally actually has enough gold that he's just like, eh, it's not that big important, you know, to add another hundred bucks or whatever right. to my pocket. So plus, Bron kind of says something along the lines too of like that he has the queen at his back and she owes him because he's 
Bron of the Blackwater, and he's done all this stuff for her. So, and also, I mean, he's been hanging out with Jamie for a long time, and you know, yeah. like we've been just talked about, Jamie's going through this transformation. So, you know, with Bron right next to him the whole time, maybe he's also, you know, been growing up and learning and what have you. I think maybe what it is is it's not so much that Bron is loyal to the Lannisters, but he knows that the Lannisters are loyal to him. Right. And he's earned their loyalty, so he's not interested in switching sides and fucking something up. He's already in. Right. He's in the circle. He's like Theon. It's like, why is he here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But they do, uh, Tyrion and Bronn do tell each other it's nice to see you again, which was kind of nice to hear him say. But, I mean, we could have already seen this because Bronn set up the meeting between Tyrion and Jaime in the bottom of the Red Keep. So they did just see each other like two days before or something, however fast this stuff (laughs) happens. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, so then we go into the Dragon Pits, which looks a lot like the Coliseum, kind of. It's just like this old... Arena-looking... Yeah. Amphitheater. Daenerys talks about it later a little bit, but apparently this is where the Targaryens kept their dragons, chained them up, kept them from running a rampage on King's Landing all the time. Yeah, I guess the the common folk were a little put off by the dragons roaming free. Mm Mm-hmm. I would be, too. Yeah, and um, (laughs) so... (laughs) Super friends minus Daenerys kind of, they wind up, you know, with their Braun escort. They get there first. And, you know, Cersei hasn't arrived with her entourage yet either. Mm-mm. And I kind of sense the trap there for a minute. It's like, you know, I wouldn't quite put it past Cersei oh, to no, just, definitely you know, not. I got them all in one place again. She doesn't care. Also, she, like, lost a couple of her own soldiers and Braun. Like, we, I don't know. We just said they, they, he knows they're loyal, but they're also only loyal to the Lannisters, especially her. So, yeah. I kind of sensed that I was wrong, but... This whole scene kind of seemed surreal to me. And I think it's because, like, for the last seven years, we've been watching these characters all plotting against each other and making their little strategic moves and everything, but they never hardly ever see each other face-to-face, ever. A few of them, this is the first meeting. Yeah, I mean, and we have, like, every main character Yeah, right here. Minus a couple Starks, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, they're like the only ones who aren't there. Like I said, even Theon's there. (laughs) Yeah, Theon, uh, John, Danny, Tyrion, Podrick, Bronn, Brienne, Cersei, Jaime, Kyburn, The Hand, The Mountain, Davos. I'm sure I'm forgetting some too, but everybody. The who's who of... Westeros. Westeros. (laughs) If only the Ice King had known about it, he could have just taken them all out. He's got the the south, as you will. We also get to see... The Hound and the Mountain have a little standoff with one another, if you can call it that. It seemed ready to pop off, click Game Bowl. I thought so, too. But the first time we watched this episode, I even mentioned to you, oh, that stage looks like perfect sword fighting yeah. space. <laughs> perfect for, I don't know, just a big broadsword battle. Um, the Hound tells the Mountain that you always know who's coming for you, which I feel like he meant himself. Is that what you got from that? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess there could be some backstory that we don't know about, and you know the. But I mean, we know the hound betrayed, or the mountain betrayed the hound. So I mean, yeah. that's the logical conclusion. I mean, it's kind of like the who saved Jamie from the dragon, and maybe we're overthinking it if we think it's like some kind of. Obviously, I don't know. There's, Plus, he, there's always a chance, but he walks right up to the mountain, looks him right in the eye, and says something like. Uh, now you're even uglier than I am or something. So I think he also realizes that his brother is not really his brother anymore. It's well, not... yeah, I mean, you can only see his his eye 
area, yeah. but his ocular area. But I mean, that's obviously he's purple skin around the eyes and just bloodshot eyes. But I think what what stood out to me with this little thing is that, um, you know, the hound asked, you know, do you still know who I am or something along those lines? But it's like, yeah, you know. So it's like the first kind of um, confirmation we get that the mountain is actually still kind of conscious. A little bit, yeah. Because I was just wondering if he's just, you know, a, basically a bag of meat that just, you know, can follow orders and that's about it. But Yeah, I think he's basically a husk of what he was, but I think there's probably some remnants left over. What if he ends up killing Cersei? I've thought about that before. Yeah. Especially since he's always in the room with her and stuff. If they reprogram him. Yeah. They get to Kyburn and Kyburn reprograms him to get back at something Cersei did. <laughs> Maybe Bran will get to warg into the mountain somehow or something. Oh. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, then Cersei is like, hey, where's the queen? And uh, then we hear some dragon noise. Yeah, and I think it's like a real uh, power move by Daenerys, you know, yeah. showing up fashionably late, what have you. Mm-hmm. Also, being on a dragon doesn't hurt. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, so Danny flies in uh, with both her remaining dragons, lands, and kind of just walks down, s- takes a seat like a badass. And uh, I think Cersei gives her a little lip here, just like, oh, we've been waiting for quite some time. Yeah. Daenerys just like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Took a wrong turn. Sorry. Yeah, and... uh so, you know, they kind of get to it, and Tyrion stands up to, you know, start his little spiel. And yeah. But he gets, like, immediately interrupted by Euron, just, like, calling out Theon. And be like, hey, bitch, I got your sister still. Yeah. And uh, so I'm guessing this is the only reason Theon's in the scene. Probably. Is so that they can have this little interaction here. Yeah. So, so we can somehow transfer that knowledge to Theon, because that comes into play later in the episode. But that his sister's still alive. And that Euron has her. Yeah. Well, I guess he would have known that. He was there when she, when he took her. Well, yeah, last he knew she was still alive. Yeah, but he just kind of eggs him on a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then Tyrion really starts into his little pitch about... Um, Real know. quick, too, though. I also think Theon... Sorry. But I also think uh, Theon was there maybe to maintain the balance of like having someone there that someone else hates it seemed like it was like they kind of showed it maybe with like the shots but it was like you know cersei daenerys or yeah. cersei Tyrion, and you know the uh, hound mountain mm-hmm. so it was kind of like a weird like there's we got one of each to like face off yep so it's weird that it's kind of like turned into this like family battle and they've involved everyone in the continent it's kind of like when you start off as a kid, you're with your family family, and now it's like your friend's family. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like where we're at now, because it's like, now we're all friends. We're all friends. Well, that's fine. A lot of them are actually family, too, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Tyrion starts in on his pitch. Um, John kind of jumps in and helps him plead his case a little bit. Well rehearsed. Yeah, looks like they <laughs> practice this. Okay, so I will say this, and then you will, you will jump in, and you will start... Telling them what's what's going on. Um, and then Tyrion tells Cersei that they've brought something because he says, he basically brings up that they want a truce and she says, well, why the heck should I do that? And then the Hound walks in with the big box that we saw earlier in the ship, sets it down, 
Yeah, he's like walking upstairs from some kind of basement in the dragon pit. Yeah. With a big old box on his back. And I, I was like thinking he should be called the ox and not the hound or something. <laughs> like that. He made it look heavy. Uh, and then he sets it down, slides the lid off. And at first, nothing happens. He had a small problem with that because they like on purpose showed the hound like just r- jiggling the box a little bit and yeah. the thing inside freaking out. Yeah. And now he's like, you know, drawing the bolts and opening the lid and it's just quiet. I'm sure they did all that just for suspense to make you wonder. Because I know a lot of people, myself included, um, were wondering if like if the zombie gets too far away from the you know white walker that's controlling it if the magic would like you know if there's a range on that wi-fi yeah or what so i i was worried when nothing happened i'm like oh shit it's just gonna be a dead body in the box and cersei's not gonna believe anything because she'd be like oh cool you brought me a dead guy yeah that, that that passed through my head as well but he kicks over the box and that thing just comes screaming out of there literally screaming out of there and just bolts straight for cersei cersei and she looks scared. Oh yeah, she's definitely shook up here. Um, I it, mean, the hound like stops it right. Yeah, he's got it on face. a chain, and he like pulls back on it right, or the chain's hooked to the box, I think maybe. That looked like he was holding it, I think. So yeah, he had to like. It definitely he was holding it back, I think. So he but yeah, the, it from killing yeah, her. hit the end of the chain and and fell down, and then John um, starts explaining. Well, first off, I guess I should mention that Kyburn gets the biggest hard on for this. I was this gonna thing. say he's super intrig- intrigued. Yeah, real excited. Oh, more zombies to study. He kind of looks actually. So what you're about to say too is that John like grabs a hand that he cut off. Yep. And like starts, we can burn it, and <laughs> but he takes it from Kyburn and like to light it on fire, and Kyburn's like almost just like, wait, wait no, don't. <laughs> Not <laughs> done. Go play with that. <laughs> And then John pulls out a piece of dragon glass and says, or you can stab it with dragon glass. And he, I think he stabs it in the head, but it dies. Maybe in the chest. I don't remember. Yeah. But, uh, and, uh, I mean, actually, uh, the first reaction I think we get is from Euron here. Yeah. Euron gets up and he says that he's never seen anything. He's been all over the world. He's never seen anything that scared him except for that. And,. He then he asks if they can swim, and they say no. Yeah. And he says, "Okay, then I'm going back to my island." And I'm he taking t- my ships. Yeah, I'm taking my fleet. I'm going back to the Iron Islands. And then he tells Danny, since she's on an island too, that she should do the same if she was smart. Yeah. And I mean, I don't want to jump ahead, but I think if you're listening to this, you kind of you've watched, so you know. Yeah. So I'm wondering. How did they plan? So this this plan of Euron's is not exactly wholly true. Yeah, it's deception. Yeah, for him to go um, and escort or like sail the Golden Company mm-hmm. back um, from Bravos, wherever they're buying them from. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering how they plan this deception. Like I guess Cersei knew that the plan all like for everything like th- that they're coming to bring proof of the dead or something like that i don't know if she did or not because she seemed really surprised when that thing came out of there right so that's what i'm thinking too but it's like how do you get her to the meeting then i was wondering that when we watched this the second time too i was wondering how did euron know like even if they had planned out okay you're gonna leave at some point and go get the golden company like how did euron know that this was the moment that he should we need you to leave just uh 
you know, play it by ear, and when the timing seems right, you just, yeah, make something up. I mean, that must have been what it was, I guess. <laughs> oh, it worked out in my favor. Yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of, that was, I mean, that seemed a little weak. I don't know. I bought it. The first time I saw it, I totally bought it. That he, oh, yeah, yeah, that he was leaving? Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, that's totally within his character. Right. He was gone forever. They thought he had been killed at sea or whatever. So, I mean, he's totally capable of just going away, so. I wonder if this, um, I think there's like kind of a a rumor going around that Cersei's baby is actually Euron's. Maybe she cheated on Jamie, and I wonder if like this kind of proves it a little bit or something like that. How so? I mean, I guess that like you said, it is in his character, and then he's still, you know, he's still just on yeah. her orders and doing, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly possible. I mean, he wants. He still thinks that they have a chance to win. I don't think Cersei's ever going to have this baby. No. Doesn't seem likely. It would go against prophecy. Yeah. Although I've read um, some things where it says, like, kind of uh, Game of Thrones, the books, kind of shit on their own prophecies sometimes. So you can't always take them, like, at face value. Hmm. So I don't know if we've seen that. I mean, we've kind of seen prophecy come true in the show, so I don't know if you can apply that. You know, because since they are separate entities, but right, yeah. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so Euron. Um, so Euron leaves. Cersei says that okay, I'll I'll withdraw my armies from the north. I will go have an armistice with you guys while you fight your battle, under the condition that Jon Snow stays in King's Landing, bends a knee to her. Well, all she says is that, you know, I will abide by the truce as long as the king in the north does the same. Mm-hmm. And that's basically all she says. She doesn't say, like, you have to pledge loyalty or anything like that. So well, I, almost, I almost... I feel like she implied it. And I think John felt that way, too, because he comes back and says, I can't do that. I already have a queen. I guess I was just kind of maybe watching it too literally then, because... I was... But I remember being confused the first time I watched it, and the second time around, I was actually paying attention to, like the way she words it and it just the way she what she actually says is like that he can't come against her but she doesn't say anything about like going to fight the king the 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 dead the army of the dead at all and that's all he wants to do anyways and if he happens to be doing it at the same time that Daenerys is right but you know. i think by her saying that she can't take us or he can't take a side I think that's implying that, to, in her mind, just by him calling himself the King of the North, that's taking his side. She sees that as, um, you know, just not... But it, she refers to him as the King of the North. During yeah. I just feel like, just by him being him, and you know, she says you can't take a side. Just by him claiming to be the King of the North, she sees that as him standing up to her and not bending a knee to her. And I think, like I said, I think he feels that way, too, because he tells her, you know, I am an honest guy, and that's why I can't do this. I can't stay here because I already have a queen. Hmm. I don't know. It was confusing to me. Um, So Cersei gets all mad and storms off with everybody. Yeah. From what we see in, like, the coming scenes, I almost wonder if she, like, was playing this whole thing. Like, she knew that, you know, John would never like bend to her will maybe and because it seems like towards the end she kind of gets she plays it out almost perfectly the way she wants it right 
Well, I mean, yeah, either way it's a win-win maybe, as, or as far as she sees it, because if he does agree to it, then she has the king of the north. Right. I mean, don't tell me that she wasn't going to, like, execute him or something. Mm-hmm. And then if if he if he doesn't do it, then she doesn't have to join up. She can storm off and try to, you know, play the long play, kind of like she does here. Right. So she, she uh, stalks off, and Tyrion... Announces that he needs to go talk to some sense in her. Yeah. <laughs> and then everyone has like, no, it should be me. And then Tyrion has to be like, nah, it it should be me. Right. Yeah. Because he says that she definitely would kill any of you. And she may kill me, but I think he feels like he's got like the only shot of maybe not getting killed by her. Well, I mean, he knows her the best too. Like he's the only one that kind of knows the way she thinks. And I think that's what he kind of ends up saying is, yeah, you know, you Neither of them have ever met her. They w- she would just kind of probably walk circles around them or talk circles around them. Well, and he proves it here in the next scene. Yeah. When he's like egging her on to kill him mm-hmm. as, as like a test, I guess. Um, she doesn't do it. So he knows that she, you know, she's always said all these vile things about him and stuff. But when it comes right down to it, she can't, she can't really do it. I think it's also like the first time we've seen her admit that uh, she believes that Tyrion didn't kill Joffrey. Yeah. You know, he says, you know, he kind of pleads again like he did with, uh, I think, to Jamie. You know, I'd, father hated me for, or was going to execute me for a crime I didn't commit. And Cersei at this point was like, yeah, well, anyways, you still broke apart our family. Right. So, so yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to ask you is why do you think that when, when Tyrion is like, that's right, you know, I killed our father. It's my fault that your children are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, he's just kind of pushing her to see her li- test her limits, maybe. Um, but why do you think that Cersei doesn't have him killed? Because she does deep down feel for him because she is or he is her brother or or because of you know, she's, like I said, she's playing that long con. It's all part of the manipulation. Yeah. Just maybe she needs, she needs uh, Tyrion to go back and, like, you know, have this idea that she's pregnant. She, what are, I almost think she's, like, faking the pregnancy. She could be. Because, like, you know, she's not showing a belly or anything. So all we've had is her tell, she kind of just used it to manipulate Jamie and now manipulate Tyrion. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, she's like rubbing her stomach and then Tyrion just blurts out, you're pregnant. And she looks shocked, though, that he... I just think she's so good at playing the Game of Thrones now. Maybe. That she knows how to... She knows, like, you can't just be obvious with it. You have to kind of sucker them in. You know, she's she kind of incepted the idea into his head that, you know, all she did was sit there with her hand on her belly. But Yeah. And, you know, and they're talking about how they're... Uh, you know, sh- when she saw the dead thing, she wasn't thinking about the world. She was thinking about right her. She's basically thinking of she herself. She says her family, though. But, I mean, we. she hates Tyrion. We later, I mean, jumping ahead, she pushes Jamie away as well. Right. She doesn't have any other family. She has maybe a baby. Right, that's what I would thought she was referring to was Jamie yeah. and her baby. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Tyrion says you're pregnant, and then we get a cut to the dra- back to the dragon pits. John and Danny are uh, having a little sidebar. <laughs> Danny tells John that she can't have kids, and he's like, "How did? You, how do you know that?" And she says, "A witch told me." And he's like, "Did you ever think that that maybe not is the best source?" That totally occurred to me too. Like you know, because she's mentioned that. I think even maybe it was last episode. She's like. 
he says something along the lines of like, I like you, but this can never, I can never have children. It's like, according to who? Right. That witch that hated you and hated your husband? I kind of took this to think, oh, like maybe this is um, foreshadowing or something that she can have kids. Right. That's kind of how I took this. Well, I mean, the end game that we're led to believe right now is that they, you know, obviously John is uh, a Targaryen and they're going to create like kind of a new dynasty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of what the, the foreshadowing is. Yeah. Um, and then um, towards the end of their conversation, Tyrion comes walking back out by him uh, at first by himself. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of weird rolling back just a tiny bit that um, I feel like it was just weird that they were hanging out in enemy territory like that. And they didn't say, I would, I feel like I would be nervous. It's like, well, I'm sure they were like, I think that's c- why they brought an like army and two dragons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like almost a Daenerys would get out of there as soon as Cersei left, not like wait around. Yeah. But I don't think they're going to leave Tyrion. Right. But even just like Danny could leave by herself and leave, you know, the retinue behind. Yeah, I guess the way I saw it was the reason they sent Tyrion in there was to try to negotiate some sort of deal. Mm-hmm. So they were going to wait around in case that deal actually happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Tyrion comes out and then a ways behind him is Cersei and Jaime and the King's Guard. And Cersei here claims that she's going to go ahead and send help, send troops north to help fight. The Great War, as they're all calling it. Yeah. And uh, she says she's going to do this with no promises or assurances from any of you. Right. Which I'm sure you will not remember. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's just me, um, but I feel like... Well, I know it's not just me. I've read some stuff like this online already, too. But do you think Tyrion made some sort of deal with her that we didn't see? Because we see him say you're pregnant, then we go away, and then all of a sudden they're coming out. So there's, like, another half of that conversation that we didn't get to see. That's true. And when Tyrion comes out, he's all by himself, and he's just got this look on his face, like, super guilty. Yeah. I wonder if that has, once again, jumping ahead, but, like, where the very last scene, or the second to last scene, when he's just kind of standing creepily in the hall on the ship. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe that he kind of has a similar look there too, so maybe it all. Yeah, he does. I read an interview today with a director, Mm -hmm. and they asked him that very question. They said, "At the end, you know, what's up with the look on Tyrion's face? Does it have something to do with you know whatever he talked to Cersei about?" And the director claimed, "No, it doesn't have anything to do with it." He just said that, kind of like I mentioned before when we were talking off mic, but we were talking about um, maybe Tyrion just doesn't want to see another complication added to this. I mean, they already have enough to deal with and now they're involving love into this. Yeah. Um, the director claims that's all it was, was that, but he's not just going to come out and like blow the whole cliffhanger if that's what it is. Yeah. Either. So, I mean, it hadn't quite occurred to me, but it, and when you say it, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, I mean, I could definitely see it happening for sure. Yeah, I don't know if Tyrion would, like, do anything too terrible and, like, agree to give anyone else over or anything, but he might have agreed to give himself over if, you know, something like that. Yeah, but, I mean, we've talked a lot this season, too, about him, you know, still feeling kind of, you know, I think he's got something deep down loyal to his family. Yeah. And uh, so. But jumping ahead again. If Jamie is not on Cersei's side anymore, yeah. he may not feel that way. Tyrion may not. He may, you know, he 
he has loyalty more to Jamie than Cersei, I think. Yeah. But, I mean, the only person he could make a deal with, too, would be Cersei because she's the only one with any kind of power. Right. So, yeah. Um. Yeah, so Cersei says she's going to help fight in the Great War. Then we go to Winterfell, and Sansa is sitting in her chamber with Littlefinger. Yeah, and Littlefinger is kind of trying to weaken John in Sansa's eyes, I think, yeah. and uh, kind of turn Sansa against Arya. So real quick here, the way this conversation gets started is Sansa's reading the Raven right. that had come from John. Yeah, and like I said, he hasn't sent this is like the first thing we've kind of seen him maybe send back to Sansa to kind of let her know what's going on you know she's been kind of in the dark this whole time right uh and he, it sounds like in the raven he explains that he's bent a knee to Danny right and that they're I don't know is that the one that says that they're coming back to Winterfell or is that the one that says that they're going to meet the queen probably that yeah, I think it's just that I've decided to ally us with Daenerys and we're going to go have a little meeting of super friends. Yep. And then, like you said, um, Tyrion, not Tyrion, excuse me, Littlefinger immediately <laughs> Little immediately starts to try to turn this into one of his little manipulations. I called it one of his manipulative motivational speeches. <laughs> yeah. He plays a game with Sansa where he tells her that he likes to imagine the worst possible outcome and then think backwards from there and try, yeah. try to figure. I mean, that just shows you what type of guy Littlefinger is. He's um, like always thinking of the worst of people. Yeah. I mean, and he's got a number of these kind of little you know, mind games or, you know, thought experiments that he does. Yeah. So, yeah. And he looks, uh, you know, he's, so the, the kind of game is just like, you know, a series of questions, you know, what is the worst thing that Arya could be doing to you? Why would she be doing that? Uh, why would she come here? And, yeah. uh, he just looks so satisfied that, you know, with the answers that Sansa's giving, right. You know, it's just kind of exactly what he wants to hear. And he just, yeah, he's got this just smug little look on his yeah. face. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm such a master of puppet. Yeah, so Sansa boils it down to Arya must be here to kill me. Yeah. And take the north. And from what we know, it just kind of goes to show that they figured out, like, his little little finger game. Mm-hmm. So, and they're just kind of telling him what he, what they, you know, know he wants to hear. And at this point in the episode, the first time I watched it, I still thought that Sansa and Arya were really... Like, I didn't know yet that this was a deception, that they're using this to entrap Littlefinger. You had no faith. I really didn't. I still had some faith with Arya. I didn't quite believe it. But when She you, let you down, though, hard. In, in this part, when Sansa's talking to Littlefinger and she surmises that Arya's there to kill her, did you buy that? Did you think that's what Sansa was really thinking? Or mm, did you smell so did you smell a trap here? I still smelled it. Yeah, I, I totally didn't. I, d- I didn't see it coming until she turned to him in the Great Hall and charged him you didn't see it when Arya was in coming just entering the great hall nope i think i did nope. i was like no there's no way i started to think about like can Arya kill all these people <laughs> and i think that's what i didn't trying think, to show that i didn't think Arya would die yeah but i thought sansa was really still mad at her i think what you thought you saw was what they wanted to show yeah absolutely but yeah i just i didn't it did not ring quite from like you, from thing you know, internet articles I read about like how 
uh, Arya tells you when in the last episode when her Sansa kind of uh, they're in Arya's room and Sansa's just found the her mask her face her mm-hmm. faces and Arya says let's play the game of faces yeah and then she goes on and tells a bunch of lies like you know I want to be the Lady of Winterfell she's never wanted to be the Lady of Winterfell mm-hmm. you know there's a couple other examples but she says that you like directly let's play the game of faces and then so it's kind of just like i think that was the little clue that you know yeah there yeah looking back there was clues but i don't know i just a lot of the stuff i read on the internet i take worth a grain of salt right yeah um especially like uh, watching this year in year out reading all these little theories on the internet all the time there's always a way for people whatever they want to be true they'll figure out a way to make that make sense right and I thought this was just another one of those moments because I didn't like it either that they were at, e- you know, at each other. Um, so I thought, you know, it was just people trying to make that okay in their own minds. But it turned out to be the truth, which is awesome. Right. And I think we are jumping ahead a little bit here, too. Oh, though. yeah. Oh, yeah. Where were we? So we'll, we'll come back around to it. So now we're back in uh, Dragonstone. And um, they're back in the war room. Yep. So they just warped back from King's Landing real quick. Although I guess we've looked at the map and Dragonstone is not that far away. So they could just kind of a day's ride or something. Yeah. Or on a boat, it wouldn't be that far at all. Right. So um, I think they have this plan to go to Winterfell. I mean, at this point, they still think they think that they have a kind of a tentative new ally, a bunch of new troops. So they're kind of preparing finally to head north. And so definitely on this time back to the, you know, the wall. And the the north north, mm-hmm. John just obviously I guess made a plan to stop at Winterfell. Yeah, so they first they have two different ideas, two different competing ideas about whether they should go together or whether they should go separately. Yeah, and it's Jorah versus John kind of with the two two different ideas. Right. Jorah thinks that Daenerys should fly the dragon, just get there, yep. be safe, and John tries to convince her that they should take a boat and land at white harbor right we need to convince these people that you're not here to rule the north you're here to help the north and from what i remember of season one and also now that i'm reading the book but you know catelyn she when she goes to head off ned at king's landing she has to like ride real hard like you know three days or something just to go from winterfell to uh white harbor yeah where she catches a boat that's so where they're, they're going to, isn't it? So that, yeah. So their plan now is to drag, uh, boat to White Harbor and then ride, and they're not going to be galloping full speed the whole way. So, th- so the the worry that Jorah has is that you know they're going to be on the King's Road for a long time, right. which is she's going to be vulnerable, and he's got a point. You know, they'll probably be out there for maybe a week or so. Right, and she's highly recognizable. But and then we see her again. She's done this before in the last few episodes. Is that she takes John's advice over? anyone else's who's been on her side you know yeah jorah's been there since season one since the very beginning i think she's very quickly come to respect john quite a bit yeah well and she even tells him in a previous scene that we were talking about when they're still in the dragon pit she tells him that if she would have just listened to him the whole time none of this mess right. would have ever happened yeah so i think she's come to see him for what he is as completely honorable even when it would have saved everyone else to, for him to lie and agree with Cersei's deal, he still didn't do it because he's too honorable to lie. To do you think that's a conflict that we're going to see next season? Is that maybe she thinks he knew who he was this whole time or something? No. And lied about it? I don't think that so much. Um, I just think it's it 
probably going to create some sort of friction between the two of them because or maybe or maybe she'll see him as more maybe a threat maybe uh john learns it and then kind of keeps it from her and then that kind of breaks the whole trust thing that they're setting up now because that's always like a woman's like i don't care what you did i just cared that you lied no um maybe that's the cardinal sin i don't know i think theorizing here i think anybody that knows john would know that he would tell the truth if he knew the truth right um but i do think maybe that um i don't know so much that john wants to lead but she may feel threatened right in her seat of power just because he is the heir right and if the public were to know that they may want him as a leader and not her because he's the rightful heir not her also the only two people that have you know any kind of proof would be Bran, which is his brother, and Sam, who is his friend. Right. So really, that's the only two sources they have to go on. And Bran is on visions, so it's like, how do you... Right. Who's really to say that this is actually the case? There's actually going to be no yeah. proof to, of, of it. Well, Sam took all those books, including the one that had the record of yeah. Lyanna marrying So Rhaegar. maybe there's like a, a later record of him being there for the birth. Well, he wasn't there for the birth, though, because Ned was. Ned mm-hmm. took him, like, right from birth yep. to Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, wherever. Who knows where he stopped, but... Yeah. Well, and if one of them takes power, be it John or probably Danny, and they say, this is the son of Rhaegar, everybody is going to believe it because mm-hmm. they're the monarch. I don't know if they would accept it. They've already, they've had an incestual uh, royal couple here for quite a while now, and <laughs> I'm sure she's not going to do much to, like, make the people happy here in the next coming season, so... Um, back on Dragonstone, as John's leaving the war room, he walks through the throne room and Theon catches up with him and stops John and says he wants to have a word with him. Um, and wants to whine a little bit. Yeah. He basically (laughs) wants to tell John that he wants to go after Yara. Yeah. And, uh, you know, John basically puts a little backbone back into old reek. Yeah, he tells him you're a Stark and you're a Greyjoy, and if you want to go get her, what are you still doing here? And he uh, he doesn't really let, you know, Theon Khan's like, I've done such horrible things. Is he a beetle? Yeah, <laughs> he's from Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so John doesn't quite let Theon off the hook per se, but he does, like, forgive him a bit. Yeah, he's like, I'll forgive you for what I can, something like that. And then that gives Theon enough balls to go off on a side quest and go out on the beach and get his ass kicked. I'm guessing that <laughs> him going to save Yara will eventually like save the day at some point in the upcoming season. Yeah. You know, and like a last minute thing, the boats arrive and, or, you know, what, what have you. Mm-hmm. And here comes Theon to save the day. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. So Theon goes out on the beach and tells his bannerman that we must save Yara. Yeah. And the main guy kind of, well, he literally spits in Theon's face. Yeah, but you know when he does that, I can you you just your my my mind went back to you know Theon's time with Ramsay, and it's like that's nothing to him. Like nothing this guy can do to him can really compare to what he's already gone through by becoming uh, Ramsay's little dog. Right. So yeah, the guy spits on him, but he's just like, man, I have no shame left. Right. You know, and he also has no. Well, he's now finally gained a little confidence to go with that no shame, and and uh, but I mean. He, yeah, he fights the guy, but he's getting his ass kicked up to the point until the guy tries to knee him in the balls, and he's like, he's like, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> he tries like four or five times, and then he's just like, I got no balls. 
Yeah, so Theon triumphs, and I think he kills this guy. It's hard to say. He punches him in the side of the head, like... He's out. Yeah. So one way or another, he's he's not going with him. Um, you know, and everybody listens to this knows I'm not like the biggest fan of Theon, and I haven't been for a while. Like I feel like his character just stopped developing like two seasons ago. I mean, he didn't have very far to go, anyways. Um, I kind of wish Theon would have died right here on this beach. That yeah. he would have got a backbone, tried to stand up, and got his ass kicked and killed. It's sort of like a too little, too late sort of thing. Like like I said, I think it it's got to mean that he's got some some kind of part to play. I just know, don't so. want Theon to save the day because I will never see him as a hero. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's the perfect like redeeming kind of character, I guess, cuz he has done the unspeakable, so Right. But I yeah. also feel like he's had umpteen chances to redeem himself so far and he never does. Well, maybe it's like what you said with Tyrion where he saves the day by you know sacrificing himself at least yeah so maybe we'll see that right i don't know i mean he did help sansa get away but that's like the only good thing he's done yeah he betrayed rob you know he even when yara tried to he even mentions this when yara tried to rescue him he wouldn't go with her yeah got her in big trouble he I mean, had a chance to save her this season and he jumped right off the side of the boat he couldn't have saved her there there was nothing to do no, but my point is that he's had a lot of chances and he's never done anything. He's been just the ultimate coward. Right. So for him to come back at, you know, let's say the last season and make some big saving thing would feel cheap to me a little bit. Like you've like doing one good thing when it finally really matters doesn't make up for all the horrible shit you did before. You could have been making up for this the whole time, but you didn't. You waited, hey man. you waited, and you waited, and Us you waited. Us fuck-ups, we just keep fucking up <laughs> until finally we get it. Yeah. You see, he's a sorry ass. Um, back go, trial of trickery. Trial of trickery. Back to Winterfell. Uh, we're in the Great Hall. We've kind of... We, we talked about this uh, mostly, but um, they bring Arya in, and... Uh, Sansa starts to talk about charging someone with treason and murder and conspiracy... Um, and you think, or you're supposed to think that she's talking to Arya and at the last minute she turns and says, Lord Baelish. Yeah. And (laughs) his eyes are just like, huh? Oh yeah. He's blindsided. Like, oh wait, who me? Yeah. Uh, didn't you mean, uh, you weren't going to say Arya? No, bah. You. Right. And I mean, really it's Littlefinger's fault. Like everything is his fault as far as these, like, like um, Ned getting killed, John Aaron dying. Well, yeah, Sansa like lays out the list of this every you know r- the war that Rob Stark fought. Yeah. Consequently, him dying and Cat dying. The the dagger that Arya now has that he gave to Cat and tried to claim it was Tyrion's dagger, trying to get Tyrion killed. Well, and that's what actually started the whole. Then Catelyn took Tyrion, and that's what started the whole war of the Seven Kingdoms. Right. That one incident, basically. Well, I mean, what really started it was John Aaron was the Hand of the King, and he arranged to have John Aaron killed, and that's why Ned then had to take John Aaron's place. Right. Um, Yeah, so he kind of just orchestrated this. I mean, chaos is a ladder. His whole plan was to just throw this thing into chaos, and then he can weasel his way to the top. Yeah. Which, you know, it worked for a while. Yeah, looking back, I mean, it was 
a very broad scope to kind of have all these roads all of a sudden lead right back to him. George Martin is a genius. I mean, and he was even responsible, you know, partly for Joffrey dying as well. Because he, I think him and Lady Olena were working together. Yeah, because so. he helped smuggle Sansa out of the city after it happened. Yeah. Um, I I did like the symbolism of his death quite a bit. Like, number one, he's killed with his own dagger. Right. Um, it was also the dagger that we were talking about, like, he used to kind of set this whole series of events in motion. Yeah. Um, he held that very same dagger to Ned Stark's throat and told him that I told you not to trust me. And Bran kind of brings that up. Yeah. You know, during So this. it's ironic that he gets his cut throat or his throat cut with the very dagger that he held to Ned's neck. And for Littlefinger, his voice is, you know, kind of his weapon. Mm-hmm. And so for him to die by getting his throat cut, I feel like is pretty. I mean, plus, a, uh, wait, did he, he didn't have any role in like the Red Wedding, did he? Um, I don't think so. I think he was in King's Landing at that time. He was like, yeah. He might have known it was going to happen. Anyways, I was thinking, because that's how, like, Catelyn died and stuff, so. Mm-hmm. And she got her throat cut, too. Yeah, and I mean, first of all, Sansa gives him, you know, you are accused of this, or you did this and this and this, you're accused of this and this, do you deny it? And he he takes a while, like, he has a bunch of answers. Yeah. And he has, like, all these, like, weasley little things to try to get out of it, but he... He does eventually, like, one thing he, you know, says, I deny it. And the one thing he actually, like, full-on out denies is, like, the one about Ned. And he's like, none of you were there. None of you know the truth. And Bran just immediately drops, yeah. like, I know exactly what you said. You held a dagger to his throat. You said- and he set this up with, um, uh, like, when he told the he told Peter Baelish, uh, you know, chaos is a ladder, you know, a few episodes ago. So, I mean, uh, yeah. Littlefinger already kind of knows that he can... Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you know things, man. That's weird. Okay. Right. Yeah, and then all his attempts to get out of, I mean, he obviously sees the the end coming. Yeah, and Sansa kind of turns his, like, think the worst game back on him. Right. She starts to fill in, you know, play his game with him as the subject of it instead of Arya. Yeah, what's the worst thing that you would want? You turn me and my sister against each other. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and then all his attempts to, like, you know, get out of the inevitable or just super pathetic like tries to get the guy from the veil to bring him back to I'm, the veil I'm the lord commander and like all of a sudden that title just you can kind of see like how paper thin that kind of shit is yeah so i'm the lord commander and they're just like so yeah he's like i don't think so yeah and then you know he gets on his knees and starts boohooing starts crying and then that doesn't work you know obviously it's crocodile tears and then he's just sansa i loved your mother like you portrayed her yeah. i loved you and you betrayed me Right. And then that's Arya just is hurt enough. Yep. And the last thing I think that he says is Sansa. (laughs) And uh, I was wondering, who has to clean that up? (laughs) Uh, They have people. They got folks. I work too many jobs. I know. (laughs) It's like, there's got to be someone that cleans that up. (laughs) But yeah, no more. And we finally have a death this season. Like we haven't this really like, you know, I think we talked about we lost Top Knot. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know one other person that I don't think was a huge. We lost a dragon that was right that. decently big. But I mean, we're used to like you know losing a main character. And we finally, I mean, this is the big one. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, and then we go back to King's Landing, where um, 
Jamie's meeting with his generals, I guess. Yeah, I guess they, you know, remember they said call in the bannermen. I think these are the bannermen. Right. So he, and, and Cersei walks in and asks, he dismisses the rest of the generals and she asks, what are you guys doing? And he said that he's going over the plan to ride north. And that's when she tells him. This ain't happening. We're not riding north. You're the stupidest Lannister. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, let's see here. I mean, is, yeah, she lays out the plan. We're not going north. We're going to we're gonna do the Cersei thing and kind of backstab everyone and do exactly what we said. You know, she, you know, John was too honorable that shit almost went south. And she is just the exact opposite and not honorable whatsoever. She can easily say one thing and do another. Yeah, and this is kind of the straw that broke the camel's back a little bit for Jamie. Yeah. He's, you know, basically, he doesn't want to go back on their word. He wants to help. She seems like she's like pushing him away on purpose. Like, you know, she's uh when she's talking to Tyrion earlier, Tyrion's talking about Daenerys and how she's uh knows herself and got an advisor that will stop her worst impulses and in, in that scene, Cersei says, you know, I don't want to stop my worst impulses. Mm-hmm. And I think now jumping back to this scene, I think Jamie she sees Jamie as that advisor because he's kind of grown a conscience. Yeah. And she doesn't want to have a conscience and so she she cuts ties. Mm-hmm. She has a second brother invite death upon himself. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And uh, a second time she chooses not to. Right. Um, and then he walks away. And it sh- I don't know if she really wanted him to go because she kind of gets up and, like, walks after him. Yeah, I mean, and she has yelled, you know, no one, no one walks away from me. Right. But that's I also s- when he, like, you, then you can kill me, but, you know, and she... Like I said, doesn't choose. Chooses yeah, not he's to. like, I didn't think you would, and he just walks past the mountain and leaves. Right. Um, but when she follows him, I saw a little bit of symbolism here too, because she follows him out onto that map that's painted on the floor. Yeah. And then, basically, that leaves her alone on yep. the map. Like she alone is ruling Westeros now. Like she yeah. has no more allies. Yeah, and, I mean, no and also still ones. also still symbol symbolically, you know, still surrounded. You know, that's a war map, so it's showing all her enemies around her too. So we're still seeing, you know, right. now she's just alone and surrounded on all sides. Yeah. Um, and then we get a couple cool shots of the snow starting to fall. Yeah, we see Jamie run it riding away. Yep. He's like, you know, covering up the hand. Yeah. Do you think he's... I'm curious we, where he's going. Yeah, I was going to say, are we supposed to think because he's covering up his golden hand that he's going to go into hiding or something that he's going to try to go someplace where nobody's going to recognize him? My initial thought is that he's going to honor his what he's what they kind of decided upon. Right. What he was planning on doing, which was fighting alongside them. Right. I kind of think that's he's maybe headed to Winterfell or something like that. Well, and also gold is kind of like symbolic for the Lannisters. Yeah. So by him covering up his hand, is that him kind of like... Shedding his family. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I would definitely put that together. Yeah. So it, it start, And you can see the snow falling in the dragon pit. And so it's snowing in King's Landing now, which yeah. we haven't seen before yet which either. Which is very far south. And again, the map becomes a piece of symbolism. You can see the snow falling through the courtyard onto the map. Mm-hmm, which it, is all of Westeros. Yeah, you kind of see, okay, now all of Westeros is, it's winter. It's covered, in, everything's covered in snow. And I think it's going to symbolize what we see right the last scene, but before that. Yeah, before that, back to Winterfell, um, Bran sitting 
in front of the fire, staring off despondently, like using Cerebro. Yeah, it's his favorite <laughs> thing to do now is just stare off. Um, Sam comes in. Um, so we got to see where Sam left after Citadel. He's gone to Winterfell. I just had a crazy epiphany. Yeah. Sam's or Bran's not the Night King. Bran is the Lord of Light. He's always staring in the fire and stuff. And then Could what be. do people always see visions is when they're staring in the fire. So maybe he's putting visions in people's head. I mean, it's possible. And directing this whole thing. Maybe he's both. <laughs> and it's just Bran versus Bran chess match here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, sorry, that just occurred to me literally just now. So um, Sam walks in and <laughs> Bran tells him that north of the wall he became Three-Eyed Raven. And Sam just goes, oh, oh, oh I don't oh. know what that is. Yeah, there's definitely a good little comedic <laughs> back and forth here. Yeah. Um, and then Bran says, or or. Uh, Sam says, where's John? And, and Bran says something like, you know, he's on his way back from King's Landing with Queen Daenerys. Yeah. And he's like, did you see that in a vision? Yeah. And <laughs> Bran just holds up a raven skull and just kind of like <laughs> shakes it like, no. Nah, I, I read I saw it in this paper vision. But then Bran says, we do have to tell John that. And then he explains how Lyanna is his real mother and Rhaegar is his real father and he shouldn't be Jon Snow he should be Jon Sand because he was born in um Bra- not Bravos what's it uh, called Dorne Dorne yeah and then it's Sam's turn to drop his little truth bomb about the high septum's uh private diary where right. he says he's not he's like no he's not a sand and Bran first min- misunderstands says uh you know that's what they call them down there right. bastards and he's like no Jon's not a bastard uh his parents were married but also though he's kind of a dick in this in this little part because he doesn't he says he he remembers he transcribed the septum's diary but it's really it was gilly who well gilly read it out loud but i think sam did transcribe that stuff or maybe Mm. gilly helped him do that but wasn't part of his punishment um transcribing a bunch of books yeah I just I don't know. It seemed but like maybe good... maybe he had so many to transcribe, and he's been teaching Gilly how to read and write. But maybe that that she was transcribing some of the stuff for him. Maybe it just sticks out more to us because we saw, we knew what was happening when Gilly said it right. out loud. So, but yeah, but yeah, he uh he drops his own little John bomb on back on Bran. Yeah. So then we get a a Bran flashback to Rhaegar and Lyanna being married. Yeah, and I think this is the first time we've ever actually seen Rhaegar. Yes. Yeah. And the actor they got looks very similar to the other guy who played Daenerys's other brother. Viserys. Yeah. Not the same person. I looked him up, but no. they do look similar. Yeah. Um and then while this is going on like Bran's kind of narrating and then we also see like, he's talking about Lyanna and uh, Rhaegar, and he says, you know, Rhaegar never kidnapped her. He never raped her. Uh, Robert's yeah. whole war was based on a lie. Bobby's rebellion. Bobby's rebellion <laughs> uh, was based on a lie. Um, he loved her, and she loved him. And as he says that, we see John at Danny's door in the boat. Yeah. And, you know, he loved her. She loved him. You know, both syncs up to them, like making eye contact with each other when she opens her door. Yeah. Except it's kind of, you can tell the, the, uh, the genders are reversed. Mm -hmm. So like Rhaegar and Lyanna, Rhaegar is the silver haired man with the Lyanna Stark with the 
darker complexion or you know darker hair and whatnot Mm -hmm. now the stark is uh john or as we're about to learn aegon big big reveal his name is actually aegon right uh but yeah he's he's the darker the dark fair no she's the fair haired one and he's darker darker haired so so weird though so rhaegar was always obsessed with this prophecy of the prince who was promised yeah um is that john I mean, if prophe- prophecy is to believe, I don't think it could be anyone else because, I mean, you know, um, I think part of the prophecy that uh, Rhaegar was also obsessed with was, like, the, the dragon has three heads, and he thought that meant to be, like, you know, like we're talking about with Danny and her two blood riders, you mm-hmm. know, along those lines. So that's why he, also he had that third child because, uh, at least in the books, we don't really know it in the show, but John has two half siblings mm-hmm. that were killed uh allegedly uh when you know when they were born by by the mountain i did want to mention here real quick um i do know in the books that so rhaegar the rhaegar the fourth the first rhaegar that they that not excuse me not rhaegar uh, aegon aegon aegon's first son or rhaegar's first son aegon the first mm-hmm. aegon super confusing Fagon. Um, was switched at birth. So the baby that was killed by the mountain was not actually Aegon. Aegon snuck off and became... Young Griff. Young Griff. And Young Griff... Allegedly. Ac- young, yeah, allegedly. He may be just another... A fake. ...power player. Yeah. Um, but uh, Young Griff ended up to be the one that was leading the Golden Company. Hmm. So if they are indeed like they've done quite a bit with this show, like tying certain characters, intertwining, you know, making one story out of multiple stories mm-hmm. to condense things a little bit. Um, and Cersei does go get the Golden Company. Is John going to somehow end up leading the Golden Company at some point? I mean, I guess anything's possible. We The show's not like, like I think we said, the show hasn't made any reference to this other Aegon at all. So really. They have. I mean, just by they've saying, mentioned that he was killed as a child. Just like Oberyn saying that's why he hated the Lannisters, basically. I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Also, I think I read another theory. Like, what if um, what's his name, Do- Dolores Valhars, whatever, the guy that uh, Dario, Dario Harris. Yeah. What if he's leading the Golden Company <laughs> when they go get her? Could be. Yeah. And then he just sees Daenerys, and he's not going to like John. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, and then John and uh, Danny. Aegon and Daenerys. Brown chicken pow cow. Get it on. Yep. And Tyrion's being a creep about it. Which means that uh, Danny is his aunt. Yeah, and it's like, uh, so yeah, we see them together, and Bran is still kind of doing some voiceover, and it's like, you know, they're in the throes of passion, and this is where we, you know, Bran says it full on john is the true heir to the iron throne right and this is when we already talked about this is but this is when you see Tyrion outside he sees john go in and he has this look on his face like he's not enjoying this no this this sucks this sucks which we don't know why could could be if you want to listen to what the director said it could be just because he doesn't want to overcomplicate an already complicated situation Mm-hmm. Or maybe he did make some sort of deal with Cersei. Um, we don't. We don't really know. I'm wondering if uh, 
uh, Aegon and Daenerys are just going to have relationship problems for the whole next season. I <laughs> hope not. Let's not do a season nine of The Office, Jim and Pam thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we quickly go back to Winterfell. Sansa and Arya are kind of talking about how much they miss their dad, and this is just them kind of making up, I guess. Before Sister this, love. Yeah, before the season's over. Which I don't think they really had anything to make up for. Ex- no. Because, you know, behind the scenes, they were working together the whole time. So Right. But yeah, I like the quote, uh, winter, we must protect ourselves and look after one another. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice little tribute back to Ned telling her that uh, during season one. And the, what did she say? The lone wolf will die, but the pack will survive. Something yeah. like that. Which I kind of take this. So we just saw um, John like officially become a Targaryen, at least on the show. I think we, you know, obviously we all knew it. But... Um, <coughs> I kind of took the uh, the meaning of the, her saying that to mean that he's not going to be, you know, he's not a Stark anymore. And kind of like that, he was always the lone wolf. You know, even his dire wolf was like the runt of the litter. Yeah. So now that says the lone wolf dies and you could take that literally to mean he's going to die. But I kind of think it more is he's going to learn the truth about himself and shed, you know, kind of that Stark and become, yeah. become you know, a dynastic kind of ruler and become a Targaryen. You can also, though, think about what he, what John said to Theon in the throne room about. Yeah, you're both. Yeah, our father raised you. You know, uh, Ned was more of a father to you even than your own father, and you know you don't have to decide. You're both, so maybe John will take his own advice. Actually, so I mean, uh, he is part. His mother's Stark, so he's. So I mean, he's probably gonna. I bet we see him wrestling with this news next season. You know, of being a Targaryen, and maybe that's where Theon comes back and has to kind of parrot his own words back to him. He's like, maybe, "You're yeah. a Stark and a Targaryen." Well, and John's never been super keen on like actually wanting to be a leader either. So if he yeah. finds out that he is the heir to the Iron Throne, I don't think he necessarily wants that. Yeah, and so there's definitely, I think, some inner conflict coming with that. Right. Um, then on to the last scene, we see the White Walkers approaching. Um, the wall at Eastwatch. The uh, wall. And then the ice dragon appears. Comes tumbling, tumbling. <laughs> the Night King is riding him. Um, the the dragon starts blowing. It still looks like fire to me, but it's blue. Blue fire. Which I wonder if it's like cold fire or if it's actually hot fire. I don't know. It would make sense that it's hot because it took down the wall so easily. I was going to say, so you're about to say, I mean, it doesn't melt the wall per se. You know, it just kind of force blasts through it. Right, so, so it could be ice. We don't really know. To Just to me, it seems like White Walkers and zombies and all that stuff. I mean, they even said it earlier in this episode. You can burn them or you can stab them with dragon glass. They're extremely weak to fire. Yeah. So it seems like if a dragon that's a White Walker blew fire, it would just destroy itself. It's just, it's blue dragon magic. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so they blast the wall. The wall comes tumbling down. Tumbling, tumbling. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tormund and uh, Eye Patch. Never can remember that guy's Beric. name. Beric are there. Um, we yeah, don't. All, all I care about is if Tormund lives or dies through this. Kind of think he died, but we'll see. I don't. Just based on the size of the chunk of that wall that went yeah. down, I do not see them getting away from there, but it is a TV show. And Bran also, Bran, like first episode this season or second episode when he almost got smoked by the dragon, but mm-hmm. just like jumped out of the way, <laughs> <leaped> feet. <laughs> 50 feet out of the way. Um, could be something like that too. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, 
the wall collapses from where the dragon hits it like all the way to the coast yeah like they're right at east they're at east watch the way they shot so they show Tormund and beric like you know look back and they there's some other guys you know to i guess i would have to say to the west it looks like they're looking yeah. back the west the way they shot it uh-huh and then those guys fall yeah and so if we're to see from what we see when they zoom back out, like I said, that one section is, is destroyed and then it goes east from there. Yeah. So it does kind of make sense that maybe they're dead if they are east of where the dragon hits. Unless they're somehow like buried underneath and next season we get the like movie hand out of the snow. like. Ugh. Yeah, and maybe they're like the, the earliest warning anyone's going to get that something bad has happened. Yeah. I mean, I guess someone's got to live to like kind of, or Bran, I guess, could always I, know I what's going the, on. But the way that they did the transition to Eastwatch, didn't yeah. we see Bran like warging? Warging. So he's he's seeing this too. I think. Yeah. The the gist I got from this. Yeah, but I mean, just like we say, any any anyone we see that's dead, we've seen die. We didn't see T- Tormund technically to go down. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Yep. The only death I think in this show that doesn't meet that rule is um, Stannis. Yeah. I mean, we heard him die pretty much, like, but he died just off screen when Brienne stabbed him. And it wasn't like that went against her character at all because she had sworn. Right. You no, know, she was so loyal to Renly. And, in case of Dragonfire, do not use elevator. <laughs> Please use stairs and proceed <laughs> to nearest exit. <laughs> So next season we're gonna see the Great War. The Great War, World War Two. We're gonna <laughs> have to we're gonna have to find out what Brand's whole deal is next season. Um, we're gonna have to find out. You know, there's still a score to be settled between Cersei and Danny and Super Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna get to see what happens to Jamie, where he's going, what he's gonna do next. And, I mean, we're going to have to revisit all this because we have 18 months to wait. I still think um, Cersei is going to have to die, but I've been thinking that for a couple of years. So, If you're expecting a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. No, I'm not necessarily expecting a happy ending, but just based on the Valonqar prophecy that she's going to be killed by her younger brother, that one of them is going to take her out. Yeah, maybe it's Tyrion on a dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Wish this season was a little bit longer, but it was uh, it was pretty good. It was good. I think this last episode was my favorite, just pacing-wise. Yeah. Um, all the little conversations they had, I feel like it all worked really well. It was definitely enjoyable. Not so much fast travel this time either. There was a little bit between Dragonstone and... Uh, well, like we said, they're in the same bay, so... Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, but uh, 2019... So in season eight, final season, yeah, it's set to debut. Only six episodes, so once again, it's even shorter. But uh, all the episodes are allegedly going to be at least eighty minutes to ninety minutes long. Yeah, they also said that this season seven, every episode was going to be a hard home. So they kind of set everyone up to think that there was going to be these giant epic battles in every episode, and there was quite a few good ones. Yeah, but I feel like they maybe oversold it a little bit on that comment. Yeah. But we have the Great War coming, so there's plenty of fighting to do. Yep. And there's going to be fighting on, you know, and all kinds of backstabbing. The Golden Company. The Golden Compass. 
I'm excited to see what Arya does next year, whether she stays to defend Winterfell or whether she's going to go off and... I think she's too powerful to like just be stuck fighting like a traditional war. Yeah, but then they also said the lone wolf dies. Right, so they got to stay together. Stick. Well, um, John and Daenerys are also on their way to Winterfell, so there's all kinds of... Uh, super friends. You know, me- yeah, super friends, <laughs> Justice League meet- meeting up, so... Yeah, we'll so I'm excited. We'll see where we're at in a year and a half. Yes, sir. Um, so, again, we are on Twitter at Word Nerd. We're on Instagram at Word Nerd Podcast and Facebook.com slash Word Nerd. You can also send us those electronic mails to Word Nerd Podcast at gmail.com. Electronic mail. <laughs> and uh, I am on Twitter at Ryan Casey Pie. And I'm on Instagram at Beastickles. That's B E A S T. I C K L E S. Beast tickles. One T tickles. One T tickles. <laughs> All right, folks. We'll see you next time. And we should. I guess we should mention that maybe uh, we might do more of these for older episodes. Yeah. So I keep think, an ear out for that. Yeah. I think maybe we'll take a little break from this sort of thing. Right. Um, but jump jump back into some other topics. Given we have so much time, I think it would be fun to go back and talk about old episodes. For sure. Yeah. All right. Word. Nerd. Nerd.